Today, I'm chatting with Her Excellency Sarai Chia, sweet-looking lady, runs Cambodia Central Bank, leading Asia's first digital currency, Bakong, been to some of the most prestigious universities around the world, a single parent, an avid artist, and a passionate traveler. She's truly lived many, many lives in one. I am your host, Pauline. Welcome to TAW Real Chats, where life's insights are shared. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sarai. Thank you for having me. You're, you're a very busy woman. You've gone through so much in life. How do you juggle it all? I mean, your family, you've got, you had your marriage, you know, th- that's so much happening. And I cannot imagine that in that 20 years when you were going through all that and you were still studying multiple um, courses and raising kids and, and rising up the ranks in the career. How do you balance it all, Sora? Um, as I told you, I'm, I'm a hyper kind of person. Um, but um, I, I have... I have people, I mean, it's not just me and, and the kids, but I have nannies who uh, are helping me, people that I trust around me, um, who I can leave my children with. And my children then become very, and I, I have two elder sisters and they're very, they're, they're well educated. One is, is a medical doctor, the other one has a master degree and both mm-hmm. choose to be stay at home mom. Right. right, and that's a choice, right? My my parents did what they had to do, which is giving them education. Um, but in the end, you know, it's up to them to decide what they want to do with their life. And of course, mm-hmm. they have small business on the side, but they're really dedicated to their children. And when they see me traveling and leaving my children behind, um, I do receive some criticism, right? Like, why, why are you leaving your children again, right? these kind of, of, of remarks. And I told them, you know what? Turn out that I am your children's favorite aunties. And you know why? <laughs> because I don't see them often, and so are my children. I don't see them often, but every time I see them, I always try to make the most out of it. And then my children then understand that when mommy's is home, um, it's it's going to be, you know, great time together and they look forward to it. So they don't take my presence for granted. And that sure. is the beauty of, you know, working women is that of course you you have to do your work, but when you're home, you have to be home, right? When you're with them, you have to be with them and, and not away on your phone, which, you know, sometimes I, I, it slip and I do and my, my kids are actually the mm. one who remind me, moms, put the phone down. Yes. Um, so it's 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 hard but then you have to teach them to balance and you have to teach them to understand that you know we i can't be with them 24 7 i can't be constantly behind them they need to learn and and actually they're quite independent so when i i travel they knows what to do they um they call if their homework they don't know um, or there's anything that they need. And now with technology, it's so easy. They say, oh, mommy, there's no more milk in the fridge. So I just do online order e-commerce and that's it. I, I love how you, you, you've you just really gave us an insight on how to juggle that you know busy career with home life. You're on the road, but you're still taking calls on your kids' homework and you're ordering milk you know, online, as you said, to be delivered to the fridge. So, I mean, that's, that's incredible. It's fi- just finding, I suppose, navigating, you know, finding a way to make things work really, and, you yeah. know, and being present, being present. I think not enough is said about being present. It's, it's, it's that one hour quality hour versus, you know, five hours of just 
mindlessly being there. Yeah, being present doesn't mean to be physically present. Mm. Right? Being present means that they can come to you anytime they need you and they can come to you, you know, a phone call, right? It's being right. present. Um, so that's that, I think, thanks to technology, I, I was able to be a lot present in my children's life. Um, so, yeah, we... We, we have very good connections. Uh, we, we keep in touch. I know everything that's going on. Um, and, you know, in, in, in the house, there are cameras too. So you can always watch on your phone, you know, what they're doing at home and, and all this. Take so a peek. We, we take advantage of technology, right? Uh, and that's what I, I love about it is that, you know, you, you, you have to know how to make use of it because technology is there to make your life easy, not easy. to complicate your life. So, yeah. And, and added to your own two kids, you went on to adopt two more kids. Yeah, and it's all not planned. It, it's all, you know, I mean, life happened, like you said, right? Um, mm -hmm. the, my other girl um, is, she's actually not completely a stranger. She is my uh, second generation cousin daughter. Right. Um, so distant, distant relative, relative. and um, they divorced and uh, separated. Then this cousin went on to marry another woman and they migrate to Thailand, work there mm -hmm. um, and left five children to the grandparent to take care of. And the grandparent was leaving off their pension fund, which is not much. And five children uh, is a lot. Tough. Mm. And so the, I took in the youngest and, and the reason was, again, not planned. Um, my, um, what to call it, my, my daughter's nanny, um, right. which is the um, auntie of this girl, Yes. Um, would that she would normally bring? Um, so, so my my other daughter is, is uh, Ina. She would she would bring Ina to play with my daughter um, because right. usually during weekends, right? Because uh, we have a big playground, etc. And uh, we always, you know, do something fun during weekend. Like we cook pizza, bake, and wow. so she will come during weekends. And then one day the grandparent come and pick her up on, on a Sunday afternoon. And mm -hmm. I overheard her asking the grandparents uh, if she can stay and, and not go back. And I nice. said, do you want to leave with us? And, and this really, it's, it's like, I just blurted out without even thinking, oh, you, <laughs> you want to stay with us? And she looked at me and she said, yes. And she, at that time she was seven or eight. She said, yes. I said, then just leave with us. Wow. And, and like this. And then I realized, what, what, what did I What did I just say? <laughs> um, and so she, she, she stayed with us ever since. And now she's 17 um, and going to school. So, so, so that's my, my second daughter. That's an incredible oh, story. And that's then, like a sliding doors moment. Yeah. And then my youngest one, who is turning mm -hmm. five next month or in, in October, uh -huh. Again, it was pure um, coincidence. Like I never planned because I mean I'm I'm busy enough with my kids, the three of them, and never wanted another child, you know. And my kids went to school, and I said, why would I want a baby? And sort of tied mm. myself to a 
to become, you know, mother of a baby again. All over again. So, I, yeah. so in, in the course of my NGO work, um, there was this woman who was very mentally, so she was a migrant worker. Um, right. And then she sent money home. And that's the reason behind Bakong as well. She sent money home and then the parent abused the money. And right. one day when she fell ill and she went back to the village, she realized that all the money that she sent home was in vain. And so she got very depressed and, and very, very mentally sick. And uh, she was raped and gave birth to a girl. Um, she, I think from, from the villagers' recount of it was that she, when she had the girl, she was kind of a bit of, she was quite conscious of what's going on. She was breastfeeding the child. And then the her mother realized that, you know, she she can't take care of a baby, especially she can't even take care of herself. Self, yeah. And so she just took away the baby and gave to other villagers. And that's when the women, that women become more and more depressed to the point where you actually walk around the village naked, you know, and, and she, right. she was completely not... Yeah, she, Mm. I, I and I, I don't know the term, but but she, she, she was really not a, a person anymore. Right. And that's when she got raped the second time, and my boy was born, and he was very much neglected, obviously because the mother was sick. It's in a bad state, yeah, deranged. Yeah. And um, so the this NGO that I used to work with went and pick up the boy, and of course. Uh, talk with the the grandmother and the head of the villages and took the boy to 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 uh, seek medical attention and i was following facebook on mm-hmm. um of this ngo and i keep seeing they changing doctors every single day and i i call this ngo i said what happened to the kid why i keep seeing you changing doctors every day why, why can't he stay at one place and right. he keeps saying that Oh, it's getting uh, worse and worse for him, and so we we the, the the previous doctor didn't want him in their clinic because if anything happened, they they don't want to have bad reputation, etc. Ah, okay. So, I, so one Sunday, yep. out of boredom, I said, "Where's the child now? I want to go and see him." So they told me that he was at at a children's hospital, and I went to see him, and he was in such a state that. I couldn't help. I, I was having tears in my eyes. I said, I have to do something for this child. So I decided to change hospital um, to a different one. And 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 the, the first hospital initially didn't agree. They said, well, are you the mother? I said, no. Then you have to take responsibility if anything happened to this kid. And he was so sick. And I said, yes, I will. But he, he needs a better facilities. So I moved him to a, a different facilities. And the child at that time was under care of the NGO. And when right. I moved the child to a different hospital, these NGOs kind of like wash their hand off and they're like, okay, now it's under your care. And I'm like, <laughs> what? But anyway, I took care of the kid when he was mm-hmm. in hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I didn't go personally. There was somebody, a nanny, but I, I do sort of visit oversee, and make sure he yes. oversee the, whatever happened. And then when he got better, he was supposed to be discharged. And I, I couldn't send him back to to Did the mother you? because right. she can't even take care of herself, right? Mm-hmm. And and the grandmother was also quite mentally not sound because she was abused by the husband. Mm. Um, 
she because her husband was an alcoholic then the husband passed away but she was also not and i thought i can't bring this child back and especially there's you know medical follow-up right yes and so i took him home and uh yeah that's it <laughs> wow what, 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 what went through your mind when you took him home well <laughs> i i in the journey home I was a, a director of an organization called Smile Cambodia. It used to be Operation Smile, where they repaired right. children cleft lift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at one point in time, there was a girl who I named her Smiley. Uh, because she was she was abundant because she had a cleft and she was red ant bites all over her. It, it, they found her in a trash. And so um, I was charged by the other directors to find a, a place for her to stay. And so I found an orphanage um, and they're very kind and, and they, you know, after she got better, they took her in. Mm -hmm. And every time I tell myself, oh, I'm going to, to see Smiley and people keep asking, oh, I have this formula, I have baby clothes. And I said, you keep them. Uh, first, because I'm busy, and when I when when I have time, I will bring this to her Smiley. and another's yeah. baby. Yeah, and then um, nine months later, I would get a call from the orphanage, and I was told that Smiley uh, didn't make it, and that she passed away because she had more. She, she had inherent heart disease that the the orphanage uh, couldn't. Uh, so I thought, you know, with with the boy, I can't send him to an oven. I had, I, it was kind of traumatizing for me. Mm. And I say, I, I want to make sure he, I keep him close. And uh, yeah, so I kept him close and been with us since he was three weeks old. And now wow. he's turning five, going five. to school. Yeah. That's, that's been an amazing five years. So now you have a mother of four kids. Um, it's, it's incredible what you just shared. I mean, you know, so serendipitously, you've taken in two kids, and it's it's almost like I'm not sure that people talk about the the energy of the universe bringing people to you, but it's almost like the you the energy of the universe brings you to them. And I mean, just from looking yeah. at Facebook, yeah. So I mean, this is it's never planned; it happened, mm. but you have to take it and and go on with it. When people say, "Well, why you want it?" I say, "Don't ask me. I don't know." <laughs> So there is no answer to the why. You just I do it. No. You just embrace it. And I, I just say, but this kid, I just sent to me, just like, you know, my my kids who are sent to me in my womb. These are my kids sent to the wrong womb. That's all. <laughs> wow. That's, I, I am touched. I mean, that's a, such a beautiful story. Guys, ladies, give us a thumbs up and hit that subscribe button. Um, I am Pauline and I'll see you again in the next Real Chats episode. Bye for now.